Does a park feel bold enough to shoot at a police officer? That's the question we have to ask and we have to answer. And there's a number of reasons this is happening. Lack of support on the street, defunding the police, bail reform, lack of prosecution. That's why this is happening. Where a perp has no fear to pull out a weapon and shoot a gun. Sometimes they're not the worst perps in the world, but they're still doing it. We have to stop saying we're lucky. We have to stop counting our equipment. There has to be fear in the hearts of the perps that they know if they shoot at a police officer, they won't walk the streets. Let's see what will happen. Let's see when we come to New Year's Eve. I hope we're not here again. From the smallest room in New York City comes a show that gives you a reason to live. Okay, I, we've probably talked enough about uh, about the poor Cuomo aid. Pete, how you doing uh, the day after Christmas? Doing okay, sir. I understand that the uh, club kid killer, Michael Alig, has passed away. Uh, that's a regrettable loss. Um, an interesting character back in the day. You know, he was a, an idol of some people. I say he's just basically he was a degenerate, but that that's just me. Um, yeah, he had some notoriety back in the 80s and 90s uh, in the club scene. Apparently, he's the person that introduced ketamine to the New York City scene. He wound Ooh. up, him and another guy, wound up killing their drug dealer back in 1996. Uh, subsequently, Michael Alig, or Alig, whoever you pronounce it, he went to jail. He did 17 years. He's back out now a few years, and he went right back to his ways of just, you know, doing drugs and stuff. He's a junkie. He, yeah. um, you know... You know, it, this is how these stories end. You know, it's uh, he thought maybe he might have learned something when he was in jail, but came right back out to the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I guess what they learn a lot of times is how to do more crime. And uh, I, at least he was just a uh, I guess well, I suppose he was just a uh, a junkie dismembered his drug dealer, uh, according to this daily news story here. Uh, just dismembered. I usually think of cutting off their head, but I guess he might have been just like cutting off the limbs and everything, trying to dispose of the body. Well, it makes it a little bit easier to, you know, transport them around. Um, but he, um, yeah, I was reading that article there, and, and he took offense to the fact that, um, uh, Jesus, when Macaulay Calkin played him in the Club Kid movie about him. You know, uh, apparently the, I'd never seen the movie. I wouldn't waste my time to watch the movie. I just really don't care about these degenerates, um, you know, other than locking them up when they kill each other. Um, uh -huh. But apparently it was portrayed in the movie that they shot Drano into his body as they were cutting him up. Oh, yeah. And Michael Alec really took he really took exception to that portrayal of himself in the movie. Um, yeah, because it was that he used he used a liquid plumber. Liquid plumber, yeah. There you go. Uh, that's... <laughs> uh, well, I mean, why would they do it while they're cutting him up? I wonder. I mean, uh, why would they inject? Why? What would that serve a purpose that I'm not aware of? Well, when you whack that in your mind on crystal meth, maybe it seemed like a good idea, or maybe they were watching the latest episodes of uh, CSI. And, you know, worried about the DNA end of it. Uh, not that that's going to help in any way, shape, or form. It won't. 
but um I just don't know what this lunatic was thinking. Yeah. Well, uh, R.I.P., according to this New York Post story, mayhem in the streets. Illegal vendors taking over New York City. It's a strange position to take. I remember it wasn't all that long ago that we had the churro lady, and I thought the city was going to shit its pants in despair that this poor woman was asked to leave the subway station where she was illegally selling her God knows what churros that, that have been stored in uh, who knows what conditions and served to an unsuspecting public. Yeah, well, she kept them warm. She kept them under her armpits, you know. <laughs> you know, when you when you think about the churro lady, okay, after this year that we've had, that seems like 100 years ago. What a quaint concern, huh? Yeah, you worried about the lady selling her dirty burritos or whatever it was in the subway and you know that is so 2019 i mean really oh, i mean i think back to you know 2018 2019 we uh, the debate was is baby it's cold outside a, a little too racy for a modern audience you know uh that's it's funny that debate didn't get picked up again this year no 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 Really became a, a non kind of a non issue. Yeah, I, I saw that article there about the street vendors, which are now back to the levels where we were in the eighties. They were when they were everywhere. Now, there's a lot of conflicting rules with street vendors as to who can be out there, um, who can sell what, and you know we really got a grip on it through the eighties. Uh, I'm sorry, in the nineties, two thousands. We got a pretty good grip on the whole thing and how it was done, who was licensed. And that's like everything else having to do with good order in New York City now. That's been completely abandoned by de Blasio. Um, There's absolutely no more, no police department enforcement whatsoever going on now with vendors. And uh, it it says in the article, it, it quotes the number of tickets that the cops wrote. But under, with the defund the police movement going on, that is strictly going to be out of our hands. So what do you have? You have an explosion of these people, and they're everywhere. And they're saying now upwards of them, 80 and 90% of them are unlicensed vendors, which means they're not paying taxes. They're not paying their fees. You do have legitimate street vendors out there. And one of the ways uh, to assist veterans is that veterans were always given preferences with the licenses. Um you know, people that served in the military and and they're getting pushed to the side. They're getting overwhelmed by the numbers. But it's not only the numbers. It's what are they selling out there? Um, uh-huh. You know, that particular article that you, you quoted there uh-huh. uh, mentions a vendor out in Flushing where they're selling crabs. Okay, that's yeah. great. You know, where did these crabs come from? And and one of the persons quoted in the article got very ill and then found worms in the stomach of the crabs. Um, oh, you know, you don't know where these things are coming from. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not. These aren't the sanitary conditions of Chinatown or anything. Well, yeah, it's like a like a live eel swimming in a bucket down there. You know, that's some. Street vendors been hawking oysters into all day. Um, it's disgusting. <laughs> but but this is even this is even worse. Totally. Oh, I'm, especially when you get into the areas of food. Uh, you want to talk about safety issues? Uh, who's to say how how far different is that than eating a fucking bat in Wuhan, China, like in January or December of last year? 
yeah. with tainted food supplies, and, and God knows where these people are getting these things from. We are starting to look more and more like some kind of a, a underdeveloped third world or a China type country. Uh, I suppose if this is what's happening, like you said, you have to get a handle on it and, and everything. I mean, even a licensed food vendor, there's there's ones you trust, there's ones you don't. You know, the one up by Rockefeller Center, the halal truck, that's people love that. You know, there was a line, you know, but then you a hot dog vendor in Midtown, you're not always so sure. There's a photo i'll send it to you after we get off this conversation the last time i posted it on facebook i got a three-day ban but it's a guy sitting in the halal cart in front of the municipal building downtown on a hot summer day with his hands down his pants okay now this is a, a uh, nasty you know and I, whenever i put that up on facebook somebody gets mad and violates community standards you know i'm like are you fucking kidding me and then you go up to get something to eat you really think this guy's got running water in there? He's going to wash his hands? No, you're going to get the same stinky ball fingers that were in his pants are going to be rolling your falafel. Oh, oh God. No, that ain't halal. Uh, I'm, I'm almost sure of it. Not even I kosher. That, no, no. <laughs> Better play it safe. Don't eat it on Friday <laughs> if you're Catholic. Crimes was up more than 50%. Uh, now, I'm looking at a street vendor who was killed fighting off a thief this past October. A 72-year-old Harlem street vendor died after confronting a suspect stole a hat from his table. The elderly victim pushed to the ground during a scuffle, and uh, I suppose this, he probably hit his head. Shortly after fighting with the man, he, he collapsed to the ground. Witnesses called 911, and police... They say they responded about 6 p.m., found him lying on the sidewalk. EMS took him to the hospital. Dad, 72 is pretty young still. I would say if he's, like, in his late 80s and he gets pushed down, you know, that's a 50-50 chance that he's going to survive that. You know, what? I wonder what was the condition with this guy. He must have hit his head harder than he thought, or, you know, what do you suspect? It's like an assault three homicide, misdemeanor homicide, where your intent is not to kill the person, but, you know, you get into a scuffle, you punch a guy, and bang, he falls back and hits his head the wrong way. And the next thing you know, he's dead. It's uh, it's actually, it, it's more common than people would think. Um, it happens. It happens. But, you know, also when you're 72 years old, um, you know, it, it's probably not worth, you know, go get brawling with somebody in the street. Yeah, I suppose your hack, you, you just kiss the hack goodbye and say, you know what, uh, there's a, a little bit of theft is going to happen. Try to build it into your margins. But they, you know, what I, I assume it's hard to decide. What age do you do that? Well, I'll tell you what, there's one of my father's friends growing up. Uh, his father owned a number of buildings in East Harlem, and he had an office up there, nondescript little office. And uh, he was in his 80s. And the guy came in there one day, young guy, pulls out a gun, says, give me the money. And he knew it was rent day, the beginning of the month. And then back, especially back in the 1980s, still a lot of people coming in paying cash or whatever. Well, this old Italian guy said, the fuck out of my store. <laughs> he goes, what? He says, listen, you son of a bitch. He says, you don't get out of here. He says, I'm going to pull you over the counter. And I'm going to stick that gun up your ass. To which he's like, hey, old man, are you crazy? I'm standing here with a gun. Well, I'll tell you what. The old timer pulled him over the counter, beat him with the gun. And he said, now, 
get out before I shoot you. And, you know, when all was said and done, he called the cops. He says, listen, some guy came in here. He says, I got this gun. I don't know what to do with it. The cops get there. He's like, what do you mean you got this gun? He says, oh, you're going to shoot me with the gun. So I took the gun off him. He's like, you took the gun off him. He goes, yeah, I took the gun off him and I beat his ass good. So you just <laughs> never know. 85-year-old dudes out there that can still inflict serious pain. Well, it sounds to me as if uh, that guy had uh, a lifetime's experience of being a tough guy. Oh, he did. He did. Yeah. He was no slouch. I'm on an episode of SVU. In Queens, this woman was struck by a Lamborghini on Christmas Eve. That's not the way one expects to, to pass away. I bet you that it's fewer than 1% of the population dies that way. Lamborghini on Christmas Eve. I would say you got a better chance of getting hit in the ass with a bolt of lightning than getting hit with a Lamborghini. Yeah. Yeah, it's something else. A 54-year-old Ritawanti Persaud of Ozone Park Indian lady died uh, when the 2018 Toyota Camry she was in. Struck by the Lamborghini. Uh, You know, she's dead, but uh, this guy's insurance is going to go way up. Lamborghini Urus. Urus. Have you ever been behind the wheel of such a car? No, I have not. Um, I'm, ju- I'm just curious. Did, did, did it say in the article where she was struck? What street? Uh, it's uh, yeah, 103rd Avenue and Rockaway Boulevard. Yeah, that's that's you can get yeah, you could definitely Rockaway Boulevard's a wide wide street. Um, you can get up a good full head of steam down there. Yeah, you can take them out. I wouldn't have expected a Lamborghini in Ozone Park for some. Well, it's also right near the casino. I see. The Racino, is that right? Yeah, the Racino. The Aqueduct Racino is right there. Both the uh, 50-year-old male driver of the Toyota and Persaud, they suffered severe trauma to the head and body. Taken to Jamaica Hospital, she was pronounced dead. A 26-year-old passenger of the Lamborghini suffered head and spine injuries. And the driver of the Lamborghini, Urus, an SUV. Oh, it's an SUV Lamborghini. Price starts around $218,000. Fled the scene. What they so he dumped his twenty six year old passenger and took off. Is that what that sounds like to you? Unless maybe he was injured and just drove off. Yeah, I don't understand how that happened. That's a it's a poorly written article. It's not exactly. Uh... Oh, I see. He yeah okay. No, you are right. He fled the scene, not in the Lamborghini. It says a large quantity of marijuana and a knife were found in the Urus. Yeah, that's the deal. He got out and ran away on you foot. You know what? I don't know what their definition of a large quantity of marijuana is. Uh, <laughs> in this city, in this day and age, you're not going to jail. About the worst thing that's going to happen to you with a, a knife and marijuana and everything else is they'll test you if you're driving while impaired, if you're under the influence of the alcohol or narcotics. And even then, you're only going to jail for overnight, so... It was a guy uh, up in, uh, I think it was 125th Street, I want to say, for some reason, up in Harlem, who uh, ran over a guy or or uh, something who's drunk, and the guy was, I, I, it was one of those no-bail deals. And they just let him walk away. That is really something else. Uh, speaking of unauthorized uh, places selling stuff, it looks like Brooklyn Clinic's face criminal probe over unauthorized COVID-19 vaccines. So this is the like a black market uh, vaccine. I have not read this article yet. Oi, we need Heshi here for this one. <laughs> this is a medical clinic in Brooklyn. 
that apparently received 3,500 doses of the vaccine. And that's where the shenanigans in the Milwaukee began um, as to how they did word get out. Really advertised it in Brooklyn. Like, yeah, we have the vaccine. So I can only imagine what went on with this one. And he says, listen, he says, we're only going to give it to people over 60 or people in high risk, this and that. Well, it, it looks like now, first off, I don't know how he would even qualify to get it. Because I know there's been some issues with private distribution uh, um, as to who is allowed to distribute it. But then this guy winds up with 3,500 doses, which I'm sure Medicare and Medicaid and everybody else is going to be billed up the ass for. There's other articles. There's other things I've read where people are paying thousands of dollars for black market shots. I mean, who knows? How much you say? I've read one article where it says it's up to $25,000 to get the vaccination under the table. I would take my chances. I'd have to be diabetic with a heart condition, stage four cancer. I mean, I'd have to be very, very afraid of COVID in order to spend twenty five grand. Jeez, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money for a guy like me, Pete. You understand? I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm not in. I'm, I don't. I'm not even looking at Lamborghinis. But twenty five grand for one shot. That's Man, that's I one guess. story that's floating around. I haven't. You know. Um, I can only imagine what this clown in Borough Park was doing. Um, you know, I, I'm sure, yeah, we'll bill it to Medicaid. And you're going to slip me a couple of grand under the table, too. I don't know that for a fact. I don't want to throw no asparagus at anybody, as we used to say. Least of all, CEO of uh, Park Hair, Gary Schlesinger, uh, who looks like a, a perfectly upright guy. I'm sure that he what he was doing was, uh, well, there's a lot of money floating around Borough Park, I guess. Right? It's I huge. It's not like a, oh, it's expensive. You know, it is. Really? Okay. Oh, okay. The neighborhood, it's pretty much all orthodox, acidic. Gary needs to be in handcuffs, though. That's pretty much my thoughts on this whole thing. He's apparently, well, they're doing a probe, which means uh, he's going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Having fun. So only one person shot overnight over Christmas here. Spate of shootings in New York City appeared to abate overnight. With one incident reported, 21-year-old man shot in the torso, 12:10 Saturday morning in front of the, uh, what is it? it was up in Hamilton. Where's Hamilton Heights? Hamilton Avenue. It's, uh, it's up in Harlem. That's like the 30th precinct area. Not a bad night. Uh, what, do you, what do you chalk that up to, uh, to people's, uh, I don't know, like were they... Were they waiting for Santa no, to come? We, we can thank uh, the weatherman for that. It was pouring rain that night. <laughs> That's why you're the detective, and I'm the defective. Coming down in sheets, the rain the other night. I've never seen rain like that before. It, the wind was blowing oh, wow. so hard. Um, you know, you really couldn't. There was nobody out on the streets, except that moron who subsequently got himself shot. Yeah. So that's, that's that's what happens. There's some rude people up there, though. There's some very rude people that live in that neighborhood. Uh, our first Christmas in working in Nightwatch was 2010. We had four people shot St. Nicholas Avenue on Christmas night. That is beyond rude and insulting. You get to have the naughty list of nothing else. I don't know if you've seen this one, Pete. New York City man who shot a cop twice in the back on Christmas Eve. Said he's sorry, wished it never happened. The uh, shooting occurred about 9 p.m. December 24th, Christmas Eve, according to the report. And prosecutors said that the accused, William Moss, 
He said he only believed his girlfriend to be present when he fired his wife. I was trying to shoot my girlfriend, not the cop. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> I was aiming at her, not the cops. I mean, you know, that's a distinction that you'd want to make in this situation. It, it's uh, It's got to be still slightly more illegal to shoot a cop than a than a regular civilian, right? It is, but, you know, if that's the best you can come up with, well, hey, guys, I'm sorry about that. I was I was actually aiming for that bitch over there. I didn't mean to shoot you. Um, <laughs> you know, but, you know, with police officers, they wear blue uniforms and stuff with patches on them and coats to say police, and they wear funny-looking hats. So if he couldn't tell the difference between the cop and his girlfriend... Well, then you know what? He, he, shame on him. The, the bulletproof vest saved his life. In this case, I suppose, it prevented the bullets from entering his body. Anyway, we don't know if it saved his life, but um, very likely it, it certainly didn't hurt. Oh, it hurts, even if you're wearing the vest, but the vest didn't <laughs> save his life. That said, um, Pat Lynch, the Patrolman's Benevolent Association president, came out and absolutely ripped de Blasio at the press conference. What we're doing here is reminiscent of another Eve. Thanksgiving Eve, we were at another hospital, and we stood here and said the same words. We said, wow, we were lucky. Wow, they were brave. The point being... We have to start asking the question, why is this happening? Why does a perp feel bold enough to shoot at a police officer? That's the question we have to ask and we have to answer. And there's a number of reasons this is happening. Lack of support on the street, defunding the police, bail reform, lack of prosecution. That's why this is happening, where a perp has no fear to pull out a weapon and shoot a gun. Sometimes they're not the worst perps in the world, but they're still doing it. We have to stop saying we're lucky. We have to stop counting our equipment. There has to be fear in the hearts of the perps that they know if they shoot at a police officer, they won't walk the streets. Let's see what will happen. Let's see when we come to New Year's Eve. I hope we're not here again. We should not have to constantly be counting on our equipment and training. The point is, is that you shouldn't be shooting at police officers, period. What made it so easy for this guy? He knew he was shooting at. He shot a cop, shot him in the back. Why does a part feel bold enough to shoot at a police officer? What has changed in this city where it's just become so acceptable now to shoot at the police? So, meanwhile, as he was doing the press conference, uh, de Blasio was standing like two feet away with this look on his face like, I, I really wish I wasn't here. That's the reality. That's exactly the reason why, is that these animals feel that they're entitled, that, you know what, I don't give a fuck about the police. I'm going to shoot. And uh, we can lay that directly at the mayor's doorstep with the yeah, total disdain. Yeah, you set that tone to really early. We had to give him the tone. About the dangers that he may face. We've had to literally train him as families have. Just like thousands of, of other parents. And how to take special care in any encounter he has with the police officers who are there to protect him. We had to explain to him that he had to take extra care around the police. There's a history we have to overcome because for so many of our young people, there's a fear. And for so many of our families, there's a fear. So I've had to worry over the years. Shalane's had to worry. Was Dante safe each night there? It's the mayor's son. I can't imagine Dante de Blasio being in a situation. Is Dante safe each night? There are so many families in this city who feel that each and every night. Is my child safe? And not just from some of the painful realities 
crime and violence in some of our neighborhoods, but they're safe from the very people they want to have faith in as their protectors. That's reality. What a claimed level against a whole police department uh, when there's there's fewer uh, problems with police brutality here than almost anywhere. And it's also a minority-majority department. I mean, racism just isn't part of the deal in NYPD uh, to, to any appreciable degree. Well, as one thing that I, I, I've learned in particular during the riots this year, there is racism, and it's directed towards the police officers. It's not the police officers going out at the public. This yeah. year, it was the public directing it at police officers, in particular, black and Hispanic and female police officers. And um, some of the most horrible shit that I've ever heard in my career, especially if you were a black or Hispanic female, it was exceptionally bad. And, you know, it, it's it's acceptable. That's allowed. Okay, well, you know, we encourage this. This is what you want. Okay, you know, I don't know at what point, you know, the cops are still going out there. They're still doing their jobs. How much do you expect them to put up with before they just throw their hands up and say, you know, we're done here? I, I've wondered that myself. I've wondered that. I know that being a cop is a calling. I know that it is, uh, you know, it's it's something that they don't take lightly. And yet, you know, geez, you got to get through this life, right? Yeah, well, 3,000 cops have retired or resigned since the end of June. That's a lot. That's a tremendous number. That's probably as, as big as there aren't even that many departments in the United States that have 3,000 members, much less lose 3,000 in one shot. Wow, that's, I mean, that's not far from, I mean, that's almost almost 10%. Something like that of the force. About ten percent of the force left. And how do they replace those officers? Uh, they are putting a class in. What this was? This was a class that was not going to happen this year. And uh, they are putting a class in. I believe in January of nine hundred people. Um, originally there was going to be no class, especially with the defunding the police bill. Um, that class was not going to happen. And I. I guess Commissioner Shea, you know, finally got it through de Blasio's thick skull that, hey, we're on the ropes here. We can't hemorrhage people like this. Never mind the fact that you're hemorrhaging all of your senior people. Those are the people that, you know, that pretty much run the show every day. They're the, they're the, the rock solid people, the, the voice of reason. Um, I happen to know a guy like that. that so do I. Yes. <laughs> But these are the people that make the job go every day. They know how to get shit done. They know how to get issues resolved. They're all leaving. So there's going to be a lot of on-the-job training going on. People are going to have to step up. It's unfortunate because it didn't have to be this way. No, it and, and none of it did. Patrick Lynch called George Floyd's death a murder. I didn't know that. Everybody was doing it, though. Another good thing about 2020, I'll be more than happy to forget yeah, that was peak stupidity right there, uh, all around. That was that was the, I think that was the peak. I, I suppose people in Japan were really upset about losing George Floyd. Uh, it, it was insanity around the world, international hysteria over this. When you look at De Blasio over the course of this, what do you think was the most damaging his relationship with the cops? I feel like uh, you know when they came back no bill down in Staten Island, and he said all the shit that he said. It wasn't too long after that that Ramos and Lou, the two officers who were shot, 
uh, and killed. That was just before Christmas in 2014. And he was making comments uh, actually a couple of days before uh, Ramos and Lou were shot. And that's when that jerk came up from Baltimore and shot them as they were sitting in the car. Um, and I mean, our relationship with him was not good to begin with. And I think he got the slap that night when he walked out of the hospital that night and every cop that was at the scene in the hospital turned their back on him. Um, you really can't give a bigger fuck you than that. And then when he, during the funerals, the same thing, when he got up to speak, I'd never seen this before in my life. Just thousands of cops just in unison turn around and show their backs to the church uh, where de Blasio was speaking. I, as far as I'm concerned, I think he's a sociopath. There's something wrong with him on top of being a, a, a Marxist and uh, just a revolting human being. You know, and this week he's carrying on now again. Now, the city's broke. Everybody knows it. And he wants to expand Thrive NYC again. <laughs> yeah, I shit you not. This is what he's coming out with this week. The city doesn't have a pot to piss in, and he's going to expand Thrive NYC, which is one of the most mismanaged boondoggles in city history. Yeah, I mean, was there management of it? It's it, it's just notoriously. Um, I mean, what what's the word I'm looking for? Not only corrupt, but I mean, non-existent. Basically, there's no evidence, to my knowledge, that anything was ever done. No, there was nothing done. But here it is. You know, he's still pushing all this bullshit about. Oh, we're gonna send out social workers, this and that. And I'm like, oh, stop. When does somebody just step up and say, "Hey, guy, stop with." the bullshit solve one problem but problem solving is not his that's not what his end result is it's more problem creation yeah problem creation and it's also when everybody's brought down to the same level of misery then he has succeeded he wants everybody in this city to live in a shithole Period. End of yeah, story. He wants us all buying frayed electrical cords from the unlicensed vendors. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Or diseased crabs. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> he, the other day, uh, one of his speeches that he came out with, I don't know if it had to do with COVID really, whatever it was. He said, this is about redistribution of wealth. Yes. I'm glad there was nothing in front of me to throw at the television set. Nobody wants to hear this bullshit anymore about everything, we, we, you know. You're destroying an entire city with your redistribution of wealth. Um, I don't, it's not sound management. It's not good government, you know, but people just listen and nobody says anything. The media doesn't really go after this guy. No. That's it. It's remarkable, isn't it? I don't think he gets one hard question. Was that related primarily to the schools? Is that, is that the way I understood it, that he was trying to uh, get, um, the uh, elite high schools to just drop any sort of admission standard, forget the test, you're, and it's a lottery. That's the democratic program everywhere. There are no standards, all right? We're all equal, all this, we're all that. You know what? When I was 14 years old, I went to a very good high school. I went to Xavier High School. It was a tough high school. And I made it through there, and I was not the best student. 
some of my neighbors were accepted into Stuyvesant High School. Some of them were accepted into Bronx High School of Science, which are actually some of the best high schools, not only in New York City, but in the United States. They have tough criteria to get into those schools. And they produce kids uh, who become young adults. They become the leaders in their fields, in science and math, you name it. Because, you know, that's the only people who were getting in there were exceptionally gifted. Yeah. I'm reading now about a mother who's annoyed with these new policies. Uh, under new admission policies announced by the mayor, uh, that you know, her son won't be admitted into this high-performing Coney Island school unless he's picked in a random lottery. And uh, it used to be about excellence. I think they oppose excellence, Pete. They absolutely oppose excellence. And you know what? I'm not going to kid you either. Stuyvesant and Bronx High School of Science, both of them had very large Asian populations in the schools. You know why? Because some of these kids were absolutely brilliant. And at the end of the day, it didn't matter what their race was, but they were exceptionally smart kids. And you know what? Those kids belong there. Now, okay, maybe I wanted to go there, but let's call it, you know, call it what it is. I'm half a fucking moron, all right? It's as simple as that. <laughs> I couldn't do math. I couldn't do science. I went to summer school every year. Why? Because I'm a fucking idiot, I, all right? I cannot, math, I could never do. Well, maybe, maybe you just needed a tiger mom. Maybe, maybe. Um, but, but you know, but here it is. So, you know, let's let's be honest here. Let's call it what it is. Do I deserve to go to that school? No. And I wouldn't have either. And it's all about scores. When they take the test, it's blind. It can in no way, they don't even have their names on there. So you can't be like, well, this guy, Deshaun, has a real high score, but we're, we're a little suspicious. I, it's 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 all bullshit what he's doing, and um, it, it it just you know we should encourage it. We all you know this all goes back to oh everybody gets a trophy, all right. Here's another uh -huh. truth about me when I was a little kid. I was a lame. I could barely walk and talk at the same time. Okay, I was short. I didn't pop up until I was 15, 16 years old. I think it's because I discovered beer. And the next thing you know, I'm 5'11". But <laughs> you know what? I'm a horrible athlete. So, you know, but, so but using their logic, I should get a basketball scholarship when I went to St. John's, you know? This is Absolutely. all bullshit. You should be able to be a surgeon or, or a plumber or anything that you don't know how to do. Not everybody gets a trophy, Okay. Some people are going to go to different things in life. And that's just the way life is. Is it unfortunate? Well, yeah, but you know what? That's also life. You know what? I found my I niche. I became a cop and I was very good at it. I'm not even convinced it's unfortunate. Different people, different talents, different skills. You get into a different place. You get in where you fit in. And that's and like you said, that's life. Big fucking deal. I, I, I don't understand why an elite high school is the answer. Because the only reason it's elite is because it's not because the school building is so nice or because the uh, you know I'm, I'm sure excellence involves a certain you know quality of teacher and stuff like that but it's really not that it's the students it's it's the exam that makes it elite without a doubt and these are some the eight schools that he targeted were really some of the finest high schools in the country public high schools and you know what? That's not good enough for him. That's not working out for his 
quarter and whatever his uh, whatever his bullshit is. And and then what are you doing? You're dragging down the quality across the board for every other kid that's going to attend that school now. I'm not buying his line of crap, that's for sure. From the beginning, what I tried to focus on was a very simple concept, equity and excellence, that we needed to profoundly change the distribution of resources. Uh, I like to say very bluntly, our mission is to redistribute wealth. A lot of people bristle at that phrase. That is, in fact, the phrase we need to use. We have been doing this work for seven years to more equitably redistribute resources throughout our school system. That means pre-K for all, 3K for all, advanced placement courses in every high school, including those that never had a single one. It, it means changing school funding formulas. There's so many things that we've tried to do to profoundly rebalance the equation. Community schools, focusing on schools that needed the help the most and communities that had not been invested in. That work will continue this year for sure, this hardest of all school years, but starting in September, the Chancellor and I announced our 2021 Student Achievement Plan, which is gonna focus on closing the COVID achievement gap and ensuring that there is fairness for our kids, support for them, but with a special focus on the 27 neighborhoods most deeply affected by COVID, and those are black communities, Latino communities, Asian communities that bore the brunt. Oh, God, the guy makes my head explode. Every, everything takes a hit. Now, let's get some fun crime here. A customer's complaint that his sandwich didn't cut the mustard. <laughs> Got him a sock in the mouth from an upper Manhattan deli worker early Saturday. Ali, Ali Zubaydi, 26, flew into a, a rage when his 29-year-old deli customer griped at 1.45 a.m. about the handling of his order. This is NH Deli, Broadway, near 151st. Hamilton Heights, once again. Uh, when the customer stepped outside for a smoke, the deli disagreement turned into a violent, cold-cut clash. Boy, I, I almost get the feeling the Daily News isn't taking this story too serious. Uh, he he uh, clocked him, ran out, stormed up to the man, and, uh, yeah, he just punched him. The punch dropped the deli customer. I feel like we're not really getting the whole story at all here. I don't think it was really about an, ar an argument just over a sandwich or something. The customer suffered uh, cuts on his knuckles when he fell. That seems unlikely. Uh, he was arrested and charged with uh, misdemeanor assault. Uh, Zubaydi was released without having to post bail arraignment in Manhattan court. Sounds like they just stepped outside to have a fight. I don't think that there was any stepping out for a smoke and the guy followed him out. That doesn't sound right. Uh, what do you think? I mean, can you make heads or tails of this? Yeah, if I would have shown up to the scene, it would have been okay. You fell, but you have cuts on your knuckles. Okay. Did those cuts on your knuckles result from being in that other guy's mouth? Or, you know, you got to do a little bit of research here. And at the end of the day, you know, it, it's it's a little old school, and it will probably not be approved in today's world. But, uh, you know, you back behind the counter, and you go find another fucking deli and don't come in here again. All right? Simple as that. I, you're not getting the whole story yeah. with this article. Definitely not. I mean, yeah, you just, yeah, but you're saying you should show up basically and go, boys, boys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, cuts on his knuckles when he fell. Who catches themselves on their knuckles? Uh, gorillas, uh, the only ones I can think, maybe. Uh, people that run with their knuckles along the ground. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, it's a bunch of malarkey. I'd say, I, I, I would say it's a, it's a bunch of, of, of... <laughs> 
can't believe you. I was even in the newspaper, okay? I mean, well, really. the customer stepped outside for a smoke. I don't think that's what happened. You know, and then, like, uh, the, the Daily News really does like to have a very clear, like, victim and aggressor, and that's it. You know, they, they really do. They're, uh, the, the crime coverage in the Daily News, you have to, there's always something they're not telling you. Figuring out what that is and what that means to the story is always really fun. I, they're, uh, I, I should make a whole feature out of it on this show. Yeah, it's, it's all a bullshit. You can up, hey, listen, you guys go your separate ways or you're both going to jail. Okay, end of story. And sometimes people are stupid and they say, yeah, well, well okay, take me to jail. All right, bro, you got it. Wow. In New York City today, though, they're going into the station house. They're going to be given a desk appearance ticket. It's an absolute waste of all parties concerned. It's a fight over a bad sandwich. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. Why does this rate, even being in a a major metropolitan news publication... Oh, no, no. It's in the Daily News. Oh, I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I see what you did. Yeah. Right. But, uh, no, you're right. It's 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 uh it it this really shouldn't even make it to the citizen app. No, ab- you want to know something? Citizen wouldn't even put that on the app. <laughs> Is my child safe? A woman died early Saturday after she fell between the cars of a Manhattan subway train. Thirty-two year old victim fell beneath the southbound number two train as it uh, entered Ninety Sixth Street Station, Broadway, just before one a.m. Train's emergency brake was pulled. It was too late. She was pronounced dead at the scene. I bet she was. Cops are trying to determine if the victim lost her balance while walking between cars or jumped. I don't think that they do. They. Uh, I mean, I suppose that's a question they have to ask. But I've never heard of anybody jumping off of uh, the train to be hit by the train. Well, we had a lady taking a shit one night between the cars and lost her balance, and you know, um, and she actually survived. She lost a leg and an arm. But, you know, you, you, there are things you do, and I understand when you got to go, you got to go. Um, I guess she was being a little bit modest instead of just taking a shit on the seat like everybody else does now. <laughs> yeah. But Was she also on the number two train? I'm almost positive she was on the number two train. <laughs> you know, oh. but... Mm. Oh. Mm. But the only thing I can add to this article was is that the time of the morning it happened, it, just before one in the morning... And I can guarantee you when the phone rang in Nightwatch, somebody was like, because that nobody pulled the emergency brake on that train. That was her body being mangled up and flying and bouncing around underneath the car. And it, act, it hits the, uh, the train goes into BIE. I, I forget exactly what it stands for. Um, where the train's just locked down. But that's generally what happens when the sensors underneath the train car pick up the body as it's rolling around underneath. No kidding. I didn't know that those things were that, you know, uh, updated. They look, some of those, I mean, I know they're, it's an old system, you know, is that surprising? Some of the technology is over 100 years old, but it works. Ever see those little arms that rise up on the track? The tips are painted yellow. Those things on the IRT, I think it's on the inside of the track. On the IND, it's the outside of the track. I could be wrong. I'm not 100% sure. I'm not sure I've seen that. That's what prevents the train from moving into the next section. That's how the trains do not run past red lights. 
When that arm is up, the light is red. As the light turns yellow, it starts going down. And when the light is green, that's when they got a clear shot to move on ahead. That's how they control the trains. But there are sensors and there are, there are things underneath the trains right in front of the wheels, also painted yellow. So you can tell if they were struck by anything. That when those things get triggered, that'll throw the brake. That'll throw the train into a lockdown. Mm. Well, that's, uh, I suppose it's uh, too late for this woman. Uh, I mean, like, they lie. Now, what's the point of the train going into lockdown? Once I mean, is there any hope of, of them being saved if, they, if they're under the train bouncing around? Yeah, there is. There's, there's, you, there's plenty of stories where people will fall in front of trains and survive. Either, there's people, we've had people not get scratched. Sometimes people are you know, usually seriously wounded, but they're under the trains and they're alive. Um, not everyone is a fatality. So that, that's what trains lock very down. Interesting. Very interesting. Uh, I want to shift gears for a second. We were talking about terrible uh, coverage in, in some of the tabloids and the post of the daily news, I believe both cover this the same way when I don't have a particular story to reference here, but I'm curious to get your take on this for some reason. Cause I know you've been reading these tabloids for forever. You're Jesus, a million years. So uh, when they have a story about a rape and they say that uh, a woman was raped when she uh, got into a car with a stranger in, in, you know, uh, Jamaica Queens, you know, she was, uh, standing on on you know uh, whatever you know and, and you go well the, clearly this is just the guy didn't pay her or something right i mean is that what we can assume uh, this is why i'm glad we did not get involved in too many rape cases there are legitimate cases actual stranger on stranger rapes they're not as common as people think they are you move into the area of date rapes where they might be known to each other. Um, and you have areas where somebody may have been slipped something in their drink. Um, and then every now and then you'll get something like this, you know, um, and I'm like, listen, let's stop the bullshit here. Is this a theft of service? All right, let's just stop. There are certain areas of New York city, uh, Hunts point up in the Bronx, uh, Different areas of Midtown, especially more so when years passed. We had a lot of street walkers and stuff. And it's like, oh, he raped me. And you hate that, you know, I know what they say. You have to believe all women, okay? But when you've heard this story 25 times before, and I don't mean this to cast any no 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 i know exactly what you mean i you mean i get situations yeah. where they come to a contractual agreement of some sort for monetary compensation and for whatever reason it doesn't work out and either he doesn't get his happy ending or she wants more money and next thing you know you got the girl standing out there saying it's rape yeah most guys today are not going to confront the victim and say anything like that some of the special the special victim people are better suited to deal with this um I think most street cops today are not going to bring it up. And, you know, I'm I'm not exactly shy. And I'm like, okay, come on, honey. You know, you, you're fucking standing out here on, you know, Hunts Point, wherever it is. Uh -huh. You know, 3 o'clock in the morning, you know, and, and you look like with your red... The red fuck me pumps on and, and some and a negligee in the middle of February, all right? 
Listen, the, uh, you know, you're not out here waiting to go to church. Um, perhaps this gentleman got the wrong idea about you from your attire. <laughs> and I don't begrudge how people make their money. If that's how you make your living, you know what? God bless. Just be safe. Be safe and maybe get a deposit. Eh, well, that's the tricky part. You know, I, I don't think they take uh, if they set something up like a, you know, like they have those portable credit card readers. That might work. Yeah, the, the square. In this day and age, why guys are still going out and engaging in that activity with streetwalkers when there are so many other avenues um, that are out there now? Um. I, I, you know, I guess maybe they're old fashioned. I don't know. That's what I was thinking. Maybe they're old school, like, uh, you know, like uh, Pete Panuccio. Or they don't want, maybe they don't want their wife to see a credit card charge pop up on the, you know. Right. Maybe they're in love with the woman. You know, we don't know. Uh. <laughs> we are not to judge. You're 100% right, Pat. I, I, I want to throw you. asparagus here. Let's not. Let's not throw any asparagus at these whores. Uh, my, uh, speaking of that, now a lot of people will tell you prostitution should be legalized. I strongly disagree because I feel it brings a lot of crime. I feel it's going to create a situation where, you know, I mean, I don't know how many more hookers there would be. I, I assume, uh, a lot more legalizing prostitution seems like a, and then how are you going to do it? I mean, that's the other part. Are you going to have, like, uh, specified areas? Or are you going to have, like, is street just all of it okay? I mean, what's, is that a realistic thing that could happen? Because it seems like in Queens, there was a, a, one of those progressive candidates was really pushing in that direction. Yeah, I, I think it's going to happen regardless at some point. Um, whether it's a moral objection to it, religion, whatever it is. I think it's going to happen the same way marijuana is going to be legalized. Um, a lot of other different drugs are going to be legalized. Uh, is it a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. It seems like anytime government gets involved with trying to run things, it turns into a mess. Um, some I've, you know, some places, other cities around the world do have legalized prostitution where it's controlled. Um, in the Blasio world, I have absolutely no faith they control anything they couldn't run a fucking phone booth you know it, it's it's that simple yeah well there's a swedish model uh, of of law enforcement where they only charge the johns because the the prostitutes are all considered victims it's presumed that they're victims of sex trafficking which can't be true 100 percent of the time but it seems like it's just like uh bending over backwards to try to accommodate some kind of a uh you know, a, a utopia or something. You know what I mean? Well, they're they're trying to accommodate an agenda. Right? That's you know, yes, this is exactly. what they've been pushing yeah. for. I I don't know. I I venture to say, I mean, how do you set it up here? I don't know. What are you gonna, are you going to set up a red light district? I don't care where you put it in New York City. People are going to bitch because there will be people opposed to it. Um, so you're not going to be able to keep it confined to one area. And it's a problematic issue. You know what? They brought gambling into Atlantic City and made a lot of money over the years for different entities. Some some of them government, some of them. And, and in some cases, you know, they kept the organized crime influence out of it. But look what happens in the end. Um, it's still, well, maybe because it's also Jersey politics. 
Atlantic City's turned into a shithole with hotels closing down left and right. You have one or two decent hotels left. But it seems that no matter where you go and no matter how well you try and organize it and run it, it turns into a problem. It brings the riffraff in. It brings organized crime element in. And, uh, you know, and some people can gamble. It's like drinking. Some people can drink and it's not an issue. Some people can gamble and it's not an issue. For others, it's, you know, a destructive way of life. Yeah, very true. Some people can't even shoot their girlfriend without hitting a cop. You know, I mean, it's like a lot of irresponsible behavior. And, you know, you mentioned people getting uh, out of hand when they drink. You know, uh, Joe Namath, who also has had his issues with alcohol, an interview with him, he said Johnny Carson was a tough guy, mean drunk. Isn't that shocking? Nah, not real. I've heard over the years that Johnny was a bit of a nasty prick. You know, not not a particularly likable guy. Joe Namath was a party animal. It was actually a bunch of Queens gangsters that lost a ton of money on Joe Namath the night before the playoff game in 1968, where they see Joe leaving a leaving a hotel in Midtown at three, four o'clock in the morning, boxed off his ass with a couple of girls. He'd been out partying and he's got to go play a football game in seven hours. And a lot of these guys were, you know, everybody's like, Joe Namath is boxed, bet on the other team. And Joe pulled it off. And uh, true story. You don't bet against a guy like that. He's a hard, he's from what they call a hard scrabble Pennsylvania town. And he's no stranger to being hung over and, and going in and getting the job done. He's a tough guy. A lot of people think of him as this flamboyant showboat kind of a dude. But I mean, that may be true, but he, he was a he was a tough guy. He he also ran with a tough crowd. He uh he owned a bar here in New York City called Bachelors Three. And uh he was part owner, or whatever. Big spot, huge spot where everybody wanted to be because Joe Namath was there. Well, you know, sure, all the women are there, celebrities, and who else shows up? Wise guys, you know, there was some gangster types that were hanging out there and hanging out with Joe. And uh, Pete Roussel was the NFL football commissioner at the time. Told him right out, either you sell the bar or you're getting thrown out of football. And uh, it really killed Joe to give up the bar. It was in my old precinct, in the 19th precinct on Lexington Avenue in the 60s. Did you ever spend any time there? I was eight years old at the time. <laughs> I worked uh, well, actually, twelve, thirteen years later, uh, which is still ancient history. But that's besides. Oh, God. Are you envious, Pete? Look what I got for Christmas. Felicia gave me this. Very yes. nice. Yes, and it's exactly right too. You know, the plain Jane stainless steel, perfect. And you want to know something? Marlboros always taste better when lit with a Zippo. Oh yeah, I love the way the, uh, the lighter fluid it does taint the tobacco in just the right way nice couple of puffs i've never been one of these people with the purity of the tobacco i like it i like fluoride in my water too you know uh it, it's <laughs> pete let's talk again soon thank you for all your time good night pat best to joan have a great night happy new year happy new year thank you for listening to new york city crime report i can make some things <laughs> 